Okay, so you have a small business that you need to market, but you're not a marketer. So now what? Where do you start and what are you even supposed to do? Well, meet Engie. Engie is marketing software that simplifies marketing for small business owners. You can plan, organize, and get your marketing out the door and in front of your next customers fast. The best news? Engie is turning one on May 8th, so you can make marketing way more manageable for yourself for only $19 a month for your first year with the code BDAY. But don't wait. This offer ends on May 31st. everybody and welcome back to Pretty Okay Podcast. I'm your host Samantha Welker and I am Taylor Holman and today we're diving into the mystical world of taxes, everybody's favorite topic. I know that's what you're really here for is to don't talk. go ready don't go ready for the hills. Talk taxes, it's sexy, it's a intriguing conversation, right? It's extremely grown up. Yeah. And yes, we're talking about taxes very late in the game. <laughs> but <laughs> hey. Fine. It's fine. It's evergreen content. It? Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Do most people start thinking about taxes way in advance or is it like a let's let's just all admit that it's a last minute, oh fuck, I gotta do these taxes. Yeah. No, I, I think it for sure is. Um you know, as we, well, as, okay, let's start with the very basics. Hopefully, as you know, <laughs> tax deadline is usually April 15th. The last few years have been a little wonky because of COVID, moving things around, but we're back to the regularly scheduled April 15th jam this year. And um, if you are listening to this and you have not filed your taxes for 2021, what do you need to do, Taylor? file an extension file an extension it doesn't happen automatically for you (laughs) go file your extension i think i've heard that one many times they're like oh i didn't file my taxes on time but it's fine i'll just get an extension i'm like it doesn't happen after that's that's not how it works please don't do that that's how you get fined you get in trouble don't do that I mean, who thinks that the government is smart enough to just like automatically know that you missed a deadline and be like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You fine. We forgive you. (laughs) No. Just the opposite. They want your money and they will get it one way or another. (laughs) Taxes for creative entrepreneurs. We know it's not fun, but we promise to only talk about it like once because the nice thing about taxes is that they don't really change. Like, for the most part, everything's pretty consistent. A uh, few fluctuations here or there, but it's not something that we have to harp on every single year, I don't think. Um, yeah. I mean, the the tax law may change. Yeah. But in terms of what you need to do as a business owner to prep for it, I think that's super consistent. One so, and done conversation. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. going to... We promise. You only have to sit through it once. We'll, we'll we'll put notes on the website so you can just read too. Like if you get halfway through this and you're like, I can't do it anymore. 
but we promise we'll try to keep it as fun and engaging as possible, right? That's that's what we do with this kind of shit. So let's talk taxes, Taylor. Yes. Taylor, have you filed your taxes? Um, so yes and no. <laughs> um, our CPA has everything, but Brett and I needed to file an extension for the, for, I've never filed an extension before. So this mm-hmm. is like a very new experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because. And we, how was it? You're fine, right? I'm fine. I mean, I'm still here. Nothing <laughs> happened. It's perfectly acceptable to file an extension. Yes. And I mean, I'm typically the type of person who just wants to get things done early and have it done and over with, but we are waiting for a, most people are going to be like, what's this? It's a K1 (laughs) for one of our investments Mm -hmm. and that is going to arrive late. Mm -hmm. And so because we don't have that form, we won't be able to complete our taxes before the regularly scheduled tax deadline. Mm-hmm. Hence us filing an extension, but our CPA has everything that she needs. So my my active part is is complete. Yeah, so you're pretty much done. Yeah, you, you've done you've done your work. <laughs> we uh we're pretty much in the same boat. We also filed an extension uh, because we are also waiting on a tax document. However, we are waiting on a W two. <sighs> from someone who did not send me a W-2. That is the worst because, um, hi folks, like W-2s and 1099s, add this to your checklist. If you as a business owner need to issue W-2s or 1099s, they are due to the recipient by January 31st. Mm -hmm. I guess that would be... Due on January 31st of, like, the new year. So for these examples, January 31st of 2022 would have been the deadline for them to receive those documents about the 2021 year. Correct. Yep. So someone fucked up. It's now (laughs) April 4th. (laughs) With no W-2 in sight. (laughs) So... Uh, that's that's going to be fun. That's a whole other tax topic for me to tackle, but that's what I'm dealing with currently at the moment. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, you already mentioned your CPA, right? Yep. I think that's one of the best things you can do is hire a CPA if you can afford it. It's really not that expensive just to have a CPA do your taxes for the year. Like if it's just kind of a one-off, we have a wonderful CPA, who I'm sorry is not accepting new clients. I have asked many times when I tried to refer him, but his name is Ned. I think I've mentioned him on the podcast before. That's the most CPA name ever. Oh, just wait. It gets better. Ned loves turtles. His (laughs) office is covered in turtles. Ned is as nerdy as it gets, but he's brilliant and he's very good at what he does. And I think he charges us like 200 bucks to do our taxes. Each oh, that's year? super cheap. Yeah. And, but he's, so he's like in Golden Hill and he's got his own CPA firm. Like he's a legit CPA. He's great. So I wonder, I mean, I know it's cheaper at H&R Block or maybe it's about the same at H&R Block, but you know, I just, I show up, I have all my documents. We sit down for our meeting. He asks me any questions he needs to ask me. And I'm usually out within 20 minutes. Now, granted, I am more organized with my taxes than most people. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I make things pretty easy for him. Um, but you know, it's, if you have your own business, you really, really should have a CPA doing your taxes because the chances are that you're not getting back as much money as you should are much greater when you're, you know, working with CPA versus doing it yourself. Um, and we can get into all of that here in a minute, but if you take one thing away from this episode, it would be to get a CPA because taxes are a weird beast. Yep. Like you can be good with numbers. I'm great with numbers. I'm not good with taxes, like all the forms and deductions and like, it hurts my brain. Honestly, the years that I have done it, my own, for me and Steven, it's like, I don't like this. <laughs> my brain doesn't want to do this. And then there goes Ned, just bleep, 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 turtle, 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 done. I love him. I love him so much. That's great. I mean, I have, I actually work with two different CPAs because Sourced has a CPA. Mm -hmm. And then Brett and I have a CPA. So, but, and we pay way more than $200 for our taxes to be done. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't trade either of our CPAs for anything, but um, important note, a CPA is different than a bookkeeper. Oh, yes. Very, very different. So if you have a bookkeeper and you're thinking, oh, yeah, my bookkeeper will do my taxes. (laughs) That is incorrect. Your bookkeeper just really helps you, like, categorize and organize these all of your financial transactions and receipts and things like that a cpa actually understands tax and financial law yep so huge difference to be aware of yes so yeah big time your uh your bookkeeper gets things ready for your cpa if you have a bookkeeper, <laughs> uh, but no, they're not going to do your, your taxes. I'm thinking now maybe that Ned's hourly rate is 200 and maybe that's why it's so cheap because I pretty much just show up with everything and I'm like, bing, bang, boom. Can you give me my printout, please? That and, makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Cause I pay for sourced. Her fee was eight seventy five to do everything and file our taxes, Mm -hmm. which I think in the grand scheme of things is, I know it's $875 is $875 and that can feel like a lot, but for me to not be completely stressed out for an entire day, questioning whether or not I'm doing it correctly, it is worth $875, especially because I have three business partners. And so like, if I fucked something up, it wouldn't just impact me. It would impact three other people's tax filings. So I'm just not willing <laughs> to um, be responsible for that. And yep. so, yes, I will pay $875 a year to have my taxes professionally prepared and filed by yep. a CPA. And, you know, with a CPA too, one of the big benefits is that they are able to give you more accurately prepared estimated taxes for your quarterly payments, right? If you're self-employed, if you are a business owner, you need to be paying quarterly taxes. Like, please don't leave it for all one lump sum at the end of the year. You get 
fine. Do you get like, it's not, I don't, don't do that. I know too many people that do that. Don't do that. Don't do it. And also it's so unlikely that you've actually saved that money. Right. Right. Like, I mean, it's easy to see, you know, a a lump sum of money sitting in your bank account and be like, oh, well, I can just use it. Uh, Again. Don't do that. Cease and desist. Pay your estimated taxes on a quarterly basis. And there are specific due dates for those. And it's April 18th this year. These are this year's numbers. So sometimes there's a tiny bit of flux. But... April 18th for Q1, June 15th for Q2, September 15th for Q3, and by January 17th of the next year for Q4. So put those those dates in your calendar and get them done. The dates to pay estimated taxes to the state are about the same, but depending on where you live, you should double check it. Yeah. We can put a a link to some resource for that in there too, where you can check your state's estimated tax due date. Um, Because don't forget, there's federal and there's state. There's two different ones, guys. You don't have as much money as you think you do. That's the bottom line. It's going to taxes. (laughs) It's so going to taxes. I've had a few. I had a conversation with someone just the other week who is thinking about leaving her her full-time job and you know becoming Mm self-employed and I mean there we talked about a lot of things but money was at the top of my list sure things to talk about and I mean I told her very plainly I was like this is what I made last year like my revenue numbers for the business then this is how much I had to pay for taxes, meaning out of every invoice, I personally put away half of what I get to cover taxes, but then also to make sure that I'm saving something for the long term. Mm-hmm. So that's just my habit, like half of it right that's off the one. top. It's aggressive. Um, but I also have like the privilege of being married to someone with a corporate salary sure so i mean it's a privilege but it's also why i get fucked on taxes because i get to pay taxes based on his tax bracket because we filed jointly yep yep oh i know that's uh, well i'm the brett in that scenario and steven is is the tailor um because he's you know self-employed technically and not technically he is (laughs) self-employed um (laughs) I don't know why I downplayed it. He's self-employed. But yeah, so it's the same thing uh, for him. But I I like the 50% rule. I mean, if you can swing it, it sure will make that landing a lot softer come April 15th. Yeah. And I think that, you know, because when you look at really how much they take out of a paycheck, it's it's a healthy, hefty amount. It hurts. Yeah, so you, and it hurts when you look at your paycheck, when you look at your gross, and then you look at your net. Yep, it doesn't change when you're self-employed. You just no, have to force yourself to do it. It's worse. It's worse because <laughs> yeah, it's worse. Which yeah, I have all the things to say about that, but it's <laughs> you know, I no one likes paying taxes, but no. I know 
that some of my taxes or the money that I pay for taxes is just getting wasted, but I also know that other dollars are going to making sure my I have roads to drive on and you know firemen in my neighborhood. So, you know, I I try to just zen out over it. Deep breaths. It's fine. We pay the taxes. Uh, Benjamin Franklin. Nothing. What is it? Nothing in life is certain except for death and taxes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Can't can't run away from them, dude. No, nope, you cannot. <laughs> so, you and I both use the same system. I know to organize financially, and that's our beloved QuickBooks. Yeah. Which, you know, one of the most common things I hear from people when they start using QuickBooks is that they feel like it's too daunting for them, for their business, Um, which I can understand at first glance, you know, especially if you're not a numbers person, but really it's the most comprehensive in terms of staying on top of your, your categorizing and your bookkeeping and your income and everything. Um, And so I think that if you can just dig into it, you know, try to find some YouTube tutorial videos to help walk you through it if you need. I'm sure QuickBooks actually has some. Now that I say that, you would think they would have tutorial videos. It really is a very helpful, comprehensive program and makes filing taxes so much easier for creative entrepreneurs. Yep. So I have QuickBooks self-employed for tailored media and designs, mm-hmm. which is like QuickBooks for dummies. Mm-hmm. It's not as powerful as QuickBooks Online, mm-hmm. um, but it more than gets the job done. And I can send my invoices from it. It's great. So 10 out of 10 recommend QuickBooks Self-Employed if you are a business party of one, right? QuickBooks Online is you log into it for the first time or when I did, I was like, oh, fuck, like this is <laughs> for people who actually like understand accounting, <laughs> which is not me. Yeah. So what I did is, well, I actually am the bookkeeper for Sourced. So, but we have a CPA. Of course you are. Of course I am. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to like, you know, small company, you cut, you, you save where you can. Um, but what I did was I had a digital meeting with our CPA and she walked me through mm. what I need to do. Nice. So like, I only, you know, I only know the happy path to what it, I need to do, what I'm mm. responsible for. And as soon as someone asks me for something outside of that happy path, I'm like, well, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> but that's a great way to, you know, if you're, if you're willing and able to hire your CPA for an hour consultation, mm-hmm you know, for like a QuickBooks tutorial. Again, I was like, I don't want to get frustrated trying to Google this and figure it out. So let me just go to someone who understands Mm -hmm. how to use it and can explain how I should be using it. So 10 out of 10 recommend doing that as well. Yes. For the online one, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, if your company's growing enough to where you need to be on the QuickBooks online versus QuickBooks self-employed, it's a pretty good idea to hire, you know, a CP. You could probably even hire your bookkeeper to walk you through it, honestly. Although probably. they might feel a little like, uh, you're, you're, you're taking their job, but. <laughs> but honestly, my, my theory about almost 
anything and everything that has to do with being a business owner is you should have a basic understanding of how to do everything. That doesn't mean you need to be the person doing it. Totally. So just because you ask your bookkeeper to give you a quick tutorial doesn't mean you're going to fire them. Right. You still maybe don't want to be responsible for it, but as a responsible business owner, it's good to understand what's going on there. I'm sure, and I'm sure they would appreciate if you were doing things properly too. Yep. So let's talk about other things that you can do to get your financial shit together. Right. Uh, one of the big things is digitizing your receipts. I actually use QuickBooks for this for Steven. Um, so when I talk about my experience, I'm talking about Steven's basically because I am his bookkeeper. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but we also file, like I said earlier, our taxes jointly, but we use QuickBooks online for his, um, just because I know it and I love it. Um, but you, he, he is a, a sole proprietor. So there's, well, no, I, I'm sorry. I take that back. He's an LLC. Um, he's a sole proprietor LLC, but he's an LLC. Damn it. So I like the QuickBooks online because I like all the tools and whatnot. And when we do open another barber shop, like it's going to be very helpful to have all that stuff. Uh, if you know, that was the plan pre COVID and now we'll see. Instead, I had a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Now we have no free time. So anyways, I digress. Um, But with our QuickBooks, I have, I use the, the internal, and I don't know if it's in self-employed, the the option to scan your receipts through QuickBooks, is it? Um, I don't, I assume that the QuickBooks online version is because you have an app and you can like scan it with your phone. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have the Quick... If QuickBooks Self-Employed has an app, I haven't downloaded it. I just do everything Oh, on my desktop. I, I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I think I've worked with people who've had it before. I'm sure they do. I just don't use that as a part of my workflow. Oh, yeah, they do. QuickBooks Self-Employed. See, Love like, it. my... My expenses for tailored are like, it is extremely rare that I am out and about and I'm purchasing something Yep. for the business. Like all of my purchases happen online. Mm-hmm. And so I have a, a workflow to digitize my receipts that way. Don't they automatically go into QuickBooks though? No. Oh. They don't. Well, the, the transaction does, but not the receipt. Mm. So my workflow is if I'm purchasing something online, then I download the receipt PDF or I take a, you know, a screenshot that includes the, the invoice number, like what the item was, the total. And it also like needs to include the business that you're buying it from. Mm. So I make sure to take a screenshot um, and then I, I use my brain works, uh, around Dropbox. Mm-hmm. So then I have a folder for each year and then under that I have a folder for each month and then I put the receipt in the corresponding month. Nice. And so that's where my receipts are archived. My CPA has never asked me for any receipts 
but they're, I think it's like you're supposed to keep them for seven years because that's mm-hmm. like how far back the IRS can audit you. Yeah. Um, but it also, on occasion, if things get categorized in QuickBooks as like other business expenses, sometimes my CPA is like, what was, you know, why is there $12,000 in other business <laughs> expenses? Like, right. what the fuck is that? And I then can remind myself of, oh, well, a big chunk of that was me contributing to my retirement account or, you know, other things that QuickBooks self-employed doesn't have categories for. So, but that's how I digitize my receipts. Okay. And organize them. Okay. Yeah. I just do it directly through QuickBooks, um, which is, which is handy. I, so when I first started helping Steven with his taxes, we were probably dating. I don't know. He literally would just hand me a handful of crumpled receipts <laughs> on like April 13th. Um, so we've, we've had to get our system in place because that was, he just would keep them in a drawer because he does have a lot of cash stuff, you know, um, as a business or as a business, he's a barber as a barber, he goes and buys product, you know, from the store and the barber supply store and things like that. So he, he has those actual like receipt in hand transactions, uh, that we have mm-hmm. to keep track of. And from my experience, what I've found is that big purchases, you definitely want to have those receipts easily accessible. Keep those organized as much as you can. Things like I spent 12 bucks at the barber supply store. The IRS doesn't give a shit. You know, they want to see why you're getting deductions. This is, you know, God forbid you should be audited. They want to see why you got as much money back as you did or why, you know, why you didn't pay as much money as you, as you, as you didn't. Does that sentence make sense? Probably not. Um, but, you know, they're looking for red flags. So they're looking for you saying like, oh, I, I invested $10,000 in this. I don't have a receipt for it though. You know, they're looking for those kind of things. They're not looking for little itty bitty receipt transactions. I more so use the, the one in QuickBooks for Steven, like because it automatically syncs it and tracks it as an expense with QuickBooks, uh, which is helpful for, for getting his stuff prepped, like his P&L ready for, for our meeting with our CPA. Yep. Yep. Yeah, isn't it like, again, everyone should do their own research on this because I am guessing. I'm, take, I'm making an educated guess here. But I think if a transaction is under, there's a certain dollar amount that if the transaction is under that, you don't need to keep a receipt. Um, I don't it know. might be like $25. Yeah, I don't or know. For some reason, 25 and 75 are sticking out in my brain. Um, again, please verify this because I am just saying things yeah. <laughs> that I am not 100% sure are true. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know the answer to be honest. So yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll try I mean, to look it up and put it in the, in the show notes. I know, you know, it's, I think it's more about the type of transaction. Yeah. Essentially like, you know, if you're going to write a check, make sure you have the receipt or the invoice for that check. Um, yeah. things like that. Deposit slips, paid, big paid bills. I'm trying to think yeah. what else, but yeah. 
Um, I mean, I pretty much save every receipt if it's more than a $25 expense, but that's just like my personal, this is what I do. Yeah. And how many does that equate out to? Like you, how many receipts do you have in a folder by the end of the year? Not very many. I mean, I don't save receipts for all of my like, uh, software subscriptions because like, you know, every time I get charged $12 for my Google workspace or $25 for my QuickBooks subscription, like I don't save those. So it's everything outside of that. I would say on a heavy month, maybe I have a dozen receipts. Yeah, but so it's not that big of a deal. No, I run a very lean business. Yeah. So, so I try if, not you, to spend. if you are someone who does have a lot of incoming receipts, like don't freak out. You don't have to keep every single one in a Dropbox folder. You know, we'll, like I said, I'll look at the show notes and see how much, what that amount is. But it really is just the big ones that the IRS is going to care about. Um, yeah. One thing to touch on for creative entrepreneurs or anybody who owns their own business uh, is that the meals and the entertainment segment. <laughs> Be careful with that one because that is the first one that they, the IRS will go after. If you're constantly trying to write off huge chunks of money thanks to meals and entertainment, that's that's a big red flag. So avoid that one, you know, because yep. <laughs> they're going to call bullshit on that real quick. If yep. you're, you're trying to write off thousands and thousands of dollars from these meals that you're supposedly having that are business related, but you're just one person. Yeah. <laughs> and write off your groceries, guys. You cannot. My CPA actually brought, that was the one, um, category for my P and L that she was like, KSS though. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, what is this? And I mean, it wasn't a lot because COVID and I haven't been entertaining really. Right. But they're in QuickBooks self-employed. There's not, and I don't know if there is in QuickBooks, but you can create categories in QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. QuickBooks self-employed is, is less customizable. Right. But there's not a category for gift client gifting. So uh, I was putting all of my client gifting into meals and entertainment. And I know that only up to $25 per client gift is deductible. But she was like, why do you have, you know, I don't remember what the dollar amount was, but like, what is, what is this? And she was like, you know, let's, um, <laughs> let's not do that anymore. Yeah. Well, and that's what CPAs are so good for is for telling you, hey, this is going to send off some warning bells for someone yep. if they see this number, right? Yep. Um, we usually are the opposite where our CPA is like, let's move some more money into this because like Stephen doesn't have meals and entertainment really as a barber, you know, but he's yeah. like, we can move a little more in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Typically, well, it's funny because we've been working with Sandra for like our household taxes for I think this is the third tax season and the first one when she's getting to know us and my business she was shocked at how little my business spent mm-hmm. she was like really like you got nothing else I was like yeah. really I got nothing else <laughs> like I'm sorry that I can't give you more like levers to pull yeah but that's just the way it is. Yes. 
So, you know. Well, so let's talk about that actually, like about, because I think there are a few things that a lot of entrepreneurs miss when they're filing their own taxes or they're doing their own business taxes. Um, so we talked meals and entertainment is usually a little too much, but I think mm-hmm. there's a few that people almost skip altogether, which uh, home office deduction, that's a big one for mm-hmm. owning your own business, right? Uh, your auto expense mm-hmm. is one that you Track can mileage. Yep. And then your uh, personal cell phone for business use. Yep. And even, um, I, can't, I don't know if it's wrapped into the home office, but you can, there's a percentage of your utilities and internet mm-hmm. bill that you can also write off because you are working from home. Yeah. Um, so for, so there's, there's two methods for calculating like your home office deduction. Mm-hmm. So like the simple one, which um, has only been around, I think, since like 2014, 2013, something like that. But it's just multiplying the square footage of your home office by $5. And then that amount is your deduction. Mm-hmm. But the, the more intensive method, which I think is probably one the CPAs use more so, is you calculate the percentage of your home used for the business by dividing your home office square footage by the total square footage of your home. Mm-hmm. So like say your your home office is a, a 10 by 10 room, right? The square footage would be 100. And then if your entire home is like 1,500 square feet, you divide, let me see, 100 by 1,500. I did it. I did the math. Well, you should, I would have just used a thousand because then it's an easy 10%. Yeah. Why did I do that? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So roughly, right. Okay. Well, I'm sticking with my 1500. Um, 15. So hundred divided by 1500. Oh, can I pull out my phone and do this? I know we just have to move decimal points, but it's like 6.6.6.7%. Yep. 0.666 0.666 repeating. Look at that. Thank you, college. Um, <laughs> so you can deduct that 6.7% essentially of your home office expenses. Uh, and then you can, by like multiplying that percentage by eligible home expenses, like mortgage, rent, utilities, interest, even like repairs. Mm-hmm. then you can you can write off more of that that home office again just another reason for having a cpa it's like the reading rainbow the more you know the more <laughs> you know i think i just hurt everybody's brain with that whole segment maybe maybe but um yeah but, and then you mentioned something too about tracking your mileage yes so i started using the app mile iq mm-hmm. and Granted, it's, like, constantly running in the background, tracking, like, how far I'm going. So mm-hmm. if I, like, when I'm skiing or riding bikes or going on a run, it, like, asks me, was this a business drive or a personal drive? And it's like, it was no, it was none of those things. Delete. That's awesome. But it makes it really easy to categorize the actual miles that you're driving for for work without having mm-hmm. to, like watch your odometer and because that's just ridiculous it is ridiculous Um, and that makes it really easy to just export you export an excel sheet from it at the end of the 
the year and then I send that to my CPA and it's like so easy Yeah. because <laughs> Brett used to, when Brett and I used to do our own taxes, he was like, you know, well, you basically only ever drive for work. And I'm like, well, what about all of my random errands and things like that? And he, <laughs> I'm saying this and like the government's probably listening and they're going to be like, I'm going to come on at you. Um, but he would want to write off like almost all of my mileage for the year. And I was like, that's not true, <laughs> though. <laughs> and so I it, it made me feel a lot better when I got this app and I can give actual numbers to Sandra mm -hmm. because they're not just Brett trying to finagle the system <laughs> and yeah. deduct all of my miles. Yeah. Um, I think that, like, the auto expense one is, like, it's pretty commonly forgotten for a lot mm -hmm. of entrepreneurs because of that exact reason like people forget to track their mileage throughout the year so then they just don't even bother with it come tax time yeah. uh but yeah i mean if you can get an app that makes your life so much easier so much easier it's like and this mileage... app is free yeah my life app is free so i don't even pay yeah and you get like 54 cents on the dollar per mile or whatever yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. It's a crazy amount. And so, you can like, even add your like parking fees mm -hmm. and tolls and crap like that. If you're someone who has to drive on toll roads, like, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. but for the record, if you're listening to this, if you're going to use the mileage method for tracking your, your auto expenses, you have to do it in the first year of your business. If you want to continue using it moving forward. Because the other method is where people uh, multiply, like, their actual vehicle expenses by the business use percentage of their car. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you can determine the business use, you know, by dividing the, the business miles driven by – driven that year by the actual total miles on the car. Which mm -hmm. is, like, something a lot of people, I think, do when they realize they haven't tracked the mileage uh, moving forward. Mm -hmm. Do it <laughs> – so you can use the easy method. Yep. You have to start it out of the gate. Otherwise, the IRS gets all wonky with it. So just a note there. Yep. Such stupid rules. Like, who gives a shit, man? Taxes are so fucking stupid. I hate them. <sighs> um, and then, you know, we said the, the personal cell phone. So obviously, yep. you should be deducting your cell phone from your small business taxes. Yep. And... You know, you can use your best judgment on this. There's no exact rule for how to how the IRS to calculate your business use. So, you know, you can look at your statement or whatnot. You can and try to figure out like the minutes versus this, whatever. I just say estimate estimate it. Who cares? Just be reasonable with it. Yeah. Just be reasonable. Don't um, push it too far. <laughs> general rule for taxes, just be reasonable. Yep. And then do not forget to request your W-9s from contractors. If they have paid you over $600 for any kind of work, they are automatically required to give you a W-9. If they don't, you need to ask for one. Yep. And vice versa. If you're hiring contractors. But you know what I learned this year? Hmm. That you only have to... Sorry, I meant 1099s, by the way. That's why your face looked so confused. Oh. <laughs> um, Request 1099s is it for your filing purpose. Huh? Oh, yes, yes, yes. You have to request 1099s. But when you're 
when, when you're hiring you're hired someone, a, then it's a W nine. Yes, sorry, I, 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 my brain got ahead of my mouth there, or no, my mouth got ahead of my brain. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, what I learned this year was that you only have to uh, give some give a contractor that you hired and paid more than six hundred dollars a ten ninety nine if you paid them cash or check. If you paid their invoice online, like with a credit card, you don't. I have never heard that before. Jillian sent me an article because she, both she and I like just always sent each other 1099s, but we always pay each other like online. And her CPA this year was like, you don't have to do that because you guys have just been paying each other online. It's only if... And then I realized, I went back to the 1099s that we issue for sourced and we only ever have issued them for people we paid with checks. Is it because you pay each other with a credit card? Yeah. And that's why. Because your credit card comes off your balance sheet, not your profit and loss. Yeah. Well, so if you're, paying, if you're paying it with a credit card. Yep. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. I think the majority yeah. of people are paying out of a checking account. Like if you're doing... Uh, checking transfer mm-hmm. right but it's an online invoice you still have to to give them a 1099 um, gotcha. like if it's gotcha. cash to ca- cash in hand kind of thing yeah. Yeah. um so it would come off of your PL that way but if it's coming if you're paying it with a credit card it doesn't go on your PL because transactions paid with a credit card don't show up that way they sh- you, well they show up but then you pay them off with your checking account yeah. if that makes sense yeah yeah yep. okay i'm with you now um but things i learned things i learned this year yeah i don't know if i like that because <laughs> yeah because like the person that would have received the 1099 like now they have to figure out how much well like, they mean, have to crunch those numbers yeah i guess it technically could work better for them because it looks like they didn't make as much income, right? If they didn't get a 1099, so they're not, that's not taxable income for them. But I still like in QuickBooks, those invoices or when the, when the money hits my account, I still mark that as income. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I am terrified of being audited by the IRS. So again, Taylor gives I just like throw money at them to and make to make sure that they have what they need and they yeah. leave me alone. Um, but more reasons to have a CPA. Yeah. So what it is like? So for example, like Stephen doesn't get a ten ninety nine right from yeah. from the barber Himself. shop. He just yeah. has cash coming in through his business and then he files it himself um as income so like that makes sense for you for the whole tent we're getting off on a tangent here that where people probably don't need <laughs> but now i need to dissect it uh, <laughs> sorry Bob. no it's okay but like so the 1099 what that tells the government is that this business paid you x amount of money and so yeah. you are claiming it as taxable income they are writing it off, right? Yeah. That's going off of their P&L. So it's coming yeah. off as a deduction. So it's not money spent on their end. Um, or it is, sorry, it is money spent on their end. If they're doing it that way where it's through credit cards and it's more on their balance sheet, 
that just shows as a debt on their balance sheet as opposed mm-hmm. to an expense that was taken out of their profit during the year. So I can see why that works better for them, essentially. But I don't know if I like it. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> tangent done. <sighs> Get your W-9s. That's the point. Yes. W-9s and 1099s. If you don't know the difference, a W-2 is when you are an employee. If you have employees, you should be issuing W-2s. If you have contractors, you're issuing 1099s. We call it a W-9 because that's the form you give them to fill out to give you their information so you can properly file a 1099. The end. Okay, let's talk (laughs) about our last few topics here, which are, well, topics-ish. Let's see grown-ups is what we're calling this segment of the podcast. Let's see grown-ups. <laughs> How can you be a grown-up with your taxes, Taylor? Um, you can, if you are self-employed, you can open what's called a SEP IRA. Mm-hmm. And I believe I've talked about this before. You have. But it is worth bringing up again because a SEP IRA does two things. It helps to reduce your tax liability for that tax year, which means your tax liability is like how much money the government thinks that you should be calculating how many taxes you should pay off of, right? Right. So it helps to bring that number down, which is Mm -hmm. what everybody's trying to do this jiggy dance around. Yes. The second thing that a SEP IRA does is it helps you save for retirement, which Mm -hmm. is something that very few of my business-owning, self-employed friends are doing. And we can't actually work forever. So you need to be saving for your retirement. Correct. And you can, I remember it's, I thought it was 24, but it's 25%. Of your profit pre-tax is what you can contribute to your SEP IRA. So a simple math example would be if your profit for the year was $100,000, which fucking good on you if your profit is $100,000, you are crushing it, especially if you're just, you know, a party of one. Um, so if your profit was $100,000, you can take $25,000, put it in your SEP IRA for retirement, which, fingers crossed, grows over time because it's invested. Mm-hmm. Then your taxable income is now only $75,000. Mm-hmm. So it's good all around for multiple reasons. It is. Yep. It's less cash in your bank, technically, for you that you can play with. But this is why it's called Let's Be Grown Ups. Because yep. we're looking at the big picture here. Yep. Right? And if you made $100,000 in profit this year, you're fine. Go put some in the bank. You're yes. fine. <laughs> Please go put it in the bank. <laughs> we're yes. all trying to get to that that number of like $100,000 being our cash in hand. But mm. it's hard to get there. So that's funny because our CEO's number is a hundred million. And I'm like, please stop saying that number at me. It hurts me. So big. That's a big (laughs) number. And it's way further than we currently are. (laughs) Yeah. That's a big number. It's so big. Yeah. So, um, so that's my 
my top tip about <laughs> how you can be a grown-up. Yep. And get a CPA. <laughs> and get a CPA. And digitize your receipts. Digitize. And stay on top of your bookkeeping. <laughs> and yep. pay your estimated taxes. Yep. And file an and- extension if you have not yet. <laughs> and file all your paperwork and get all your paperwork when you need it. Yeah. So this episode is going to come out on April 13th. Oh. So pretty two days before t- the tax deadline. We're recording it on April 4th. So we're not as late as we technically sound. <laughs> yes. You could very feasibly still get your taxes done in time. Yes. Right now. You could do yep. it. You yep. have the time. Um, because it's April 4th. If it's April 13th, <laughs> I'm not going to say I haven't done it because I've done it. Um, it hurt me physically <laughs> to do it, <laughs> to save an entire year's worth of someone's categorization for the night before. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, but if you're on top of your bookkeeping, that won't happen. Yes. If you're on top of your bookkeeping, all you're doing is pulling reports and shit at this point. Yes. Get your P&L in hand. Find your receipts. Boom, boom, W-9s, W-2s, 1099s. Don't need a W-9. I retract that statement. God. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Um, Today's episode also unofficially sponsored by Intuit. (laughs) Right? The one the, day you're one not day. drinking out of your Intuit QuickBooks water bottle. Now I have an Intuit Yeti like coffee thermos because Brett now works at Intuit. And oh, so we legit are getting sponsored by Intuit. I mean, point. I keep telling him, I was like, when are you going to drop to, you know, on some important phone call with the CEO? Because he's. Guys, he got a big boy job, so, like... Big boy job. Big boy job. Um, he would fucking die if he said that on the podcast. <laughs> um, but I was like, when are you going to drop that your wife loves QuickBooks, she has multiple accounts, and that she and her podcast partner regularly plug your products because they genuinely love them? Please sponsor this podcast. Hashtag sponsored. So, Yeah. Yeah. Tell, you know what, Brett? Get on it. God. <laughs> I have some really legitimate uh, user product feedback about QuickBooks self-employed that I was sharing with him the other day. He's like, oh, yeah, that is really good. I was like, yeah, exactly. So drop in a meeting that you're in exchange for this really insightful and helpful product feedback that all your wife wants is a podcast sponsorship. <laughs> Yes. Uh, side note, is it true that Intuit bought MailChimp? Yes. They bought them um, the summer of 2021 for a grand total of $12 billion. Holy shit. Yep. That little monkey's rich. That monkey is a rich-ass monkey. God, I started using MailChimp when it first came out. Mm-hmm. It was so clunky. And now it's not. Now it's worth 12 billion bananas. That's insane. <laughs> yep. So. Well. Now our homework is to get Brett to use his powers that be to sponsor our podcast. Yeah. 
What's the fucking problem, Brett? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, with that, I hope you guys are either done with your taxes, are filing an extension, and are feeling more confident about preparing your taxes. Uh, But that's it from us for hopefully the foreseeable future on taxes. Yeah, unless unless, um, Congress actually makes gigantic changes which they never will do they won't yeah i'm like why are, you, why are you even saying that you know they won't yeah you know it's just my way to like dig in on our representatives <laughs> it's not gonna happen taylor <laughs> they're not gonna do it so, so yeah trying we can to make pretty, that happen yep we can pretty much die on this hill so yeah. it's fine but taylor will be back in a couple weeks uh with a very special guest right yes i am excited about it yeah and that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for today, folks. Yeah. So please, if you are so inclined, leave a rating and a review. Don't forget to subscribe. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Spotify. If you follow us on Facebook, it automatically pulls the audio for you. It's like, you don't even have to fucking do anything. So that's my top tip of the day for you (laughs) otherwise we shall have some show notes up prettyokpodcast.com and we shall see you over on instagram how many times can i say shall in one closing we shall Shall you say more no i shall not (laughs) goodbye goodbye